Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thy hand might be with me. And thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. Listen to this last sentence. And God granted him that which he requested. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Do You Remember Jabez? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, thank you for this place to gather in your name. God, I pray that you would calm down the pain in my back and neck. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me of my mouth and my mind to say the things that would honor you, God. We've gathered together in your name, and we thank you for being here with us, God. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, God, that you would give us ears to hear what you say to us, Father. I pray that you would bind everything that would resist, God, and loose your spirit in this place today to do your work your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you remember Jabez? Now, uh, I know that there are people in the room that have read the book of Jabez, and I'm going to tell you something. If you haven't, uh, it's about this thick. Maybe, right? It's about that thick. And it's not a book. It's a little square with a few pages in it. Uh, and you can read it uh, in, in a very short period of time. Here, here's something for y'all. Some of y'all would, and I'm not going to ask you to admit it, but some of y'all know you haven't read a complete book ever. Ever, or maybe in a long time, you can get this book of Jabez and the prayer of Jabez. It's a short little book, and you can read that. It's a fantastic book to read. Uh, several years ago when the book came out, churches all across the world were reading it. They were reading it together. They put a study guide out on it. They built series around it. Churches were preaching on it. People were giving testimonies about what was happening in their lives, and I don't hear people talking about that prayer anymore. I don't hear people talking about that book anymore. And here's what I've learned in 40-plus years uh, or almost 40 years of serving God, that if it was true then, it's true now. The truth doesn't change. That's a good message right there for liars. You, you wonder why most people can't, can't lie really great? Because they keep changing the story, and the truth doesn't change. Yeah, now, I mean, if, 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 if Mr. C was saying, you know, he was out on patrol one day when he was copping. Uh, that's, I'm making that up. <laughs> Patrolling? Uh, copping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him that. What, what you been doing? I've been just been copping. If he said, you know, that he had to run 19 blocks around a corner and jump over a chain link fence to catch the, watch how much I know about copping, the perp. I seen the I seen cops, bad boys, bad boys. But and, and then the next time he tells it, he said he had to run four blocks. 
and, 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 crawl, and crawl under some barbed wire? I'm like, well, last time it was 19 blocks on a chain link fence. You, see, here's the good news about telling the truth. You don't have to worry about remembering how you told it the last time because the truth never changes. Oh, that's great. Hey, you, I'm preaching better than y'all are staring at me. That is, that is great advice for, for many people in the room. But when it comes to life and the kingdom specifically, the truth stays the same. And what was true years ago is still true today. And I want us to revisit uh, the teaching that swept the nation and the world over a decade ago and look at it because here's the deal. What worked before will work again. The, the plan works if you work it. Uh, I preached on this passage way back then, and many of our own people testified about great increase in their own lives, and, and I, I felt led of God to revisit this at the beginning of this year. But, but let me say this before I get into it, because a lot of people falsified uh, their concept and thought, oh, if you'll just pray this magic prayer out of this verse in the Bible, God's going to sprinkle pixie dust over you, and you're going to get a lot of money. Anybody believe I? Anybody think I believe that? That's not how God's kingdom works. This is not a magic prayer. This isn't magic dust. But there's validity in every word of Scripture. Somebody ought to say amen. And we're going to look at the Scripture this morning not as a lottery ticket, not as a uh, fix-all, but as the written, infallible, inerrant, perfect Word of God. There were, there, there were churches that were preaching, if you'll just pray this prayer, Big things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen for you. And I finally had to just rise up and tell some people, hey, look, you can't be whoremongering and, and, and living wrong and shady and dirty and never doing what God called you to do. Pray some magic prayer and, and think it's going to work for you. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is living out the Word of God. Most people don't know much about the Bible even though it's the only book God has given us for thousands of years to study about him. It's only this thick. Many people in this room have never even read it one time. Uh, but we need to know more about the Bible because God has commanded us to read, to study, uh, to memorize, to meditate on, and, listen, to apply the teaching inside this book. Now, for those who've taken it to a, a discipleship level to where you've learned some of the Bible, for those who've taken it to a higher discipleship level to where you've really gotten it down on the inside of you, uh, that, that's awesome. But the ultimate experience that we need to do is not just listen to what mom and daddy say about, about God and the Bible, not just know what pastor says about God and the Bible, not just listen to the radio and songs about God in the Bible. Get in the book, hear it, read it, think about it, digest it, listen, then live it out. Living it out is where you're going to be blessed because the Bible says that you are blessed in your doing. It's when you do the, the Word of God. Blessed is the one who hears the Word and does it. And I want to give you an opportunity today, this week, this month, this year, the rest of your life to actually walk in the Word and live it out. Now, if you've ever read through the, the book of First Chronicles, you understand the, the first eight chapters of this book are just really uh, a bunch of big names. 
just a bunch of big names, just a bunch of this one begot that. Well, well, let me just get, let me just give you some of it. I'll just jump up a, a couple of verses. Let me just start in, in verse one of chapter four. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, and Carmi. Anybody ever doubted that God was black? Read those names. <laughs> That's a joke. God ain't black, and he ain't white. And if you need him to look like you to worship him, then, then you worship yourself. But you got to admit, these are some ethnic names right here. These are African names for sure. And Reiah, the son of Shobal, begat Jahath. And Jahath begat Ahumai and Lahad. And it's just this begat that and this hard to pronounce name after that hard to pronounce Middle Eastern name. Um, but then... In the middle of these eight chapters, near the middle of these eight chapters, in chapter 4, we get a total shift in the landscape of what's going on. It's like a list. It's a chronicle. Do you get it? First Chronicles. It's a chronicling of uh, lineage of who came from where. And in chapter 4, we actually get some words that aren't about this one begetting that one. So listen, this is a change of pace worth noticing. Look at somebody and say, pay attention. This is something that if you were reading through this, you, you, you begin to gloss over. Don't, don't, don't act like you don't. I've done it too many times. You, you begin to just look at the names and say the first syllable. You, you begin to just look at it and say, uh, this one begat that one, begat that one, begat that one. Listen, it is important. It wouldn't be in the book if it wasn't important. But when you get to chapter 4, you're like, oh, what in the world? Because what's crazy, no warning that it's coming. They hit you with a couple verses, and then boom, right back into it. And this one begat that one, who begat this one, and had sons and daughters. And the sons of this one begat that one, and on and on and on and on. So this is a change worth noticing, and I, I want us to pay attention to these verses here this morning. Let me just get you some background. Very little is known about this man, Jabez. There's not a lot written about him historically inside the Bible or outside the Bible. We, we do know history tells us he was a doctor of the law. In 1 Chronicles 2, verse 55, says that there was a town named after him where, where many scribes lived. So the guy became somebody. Say somebody. He, 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 uh, but he, we don't know a lot about him. His name's only mentioned in these two passages. And, and here's the crazy thing about his name. His name means to grieve or to make sorrowful. Now, the Bible tells us, and God has been telling people from the beginning, because even though times change, God never changes. God has been telling people from the beginning, be careful what you name your children. A good name is better to be chosen than, than many riches. And so there are some names, and I've met some people. I, I met, I met a, a, a friend of mine. Uh, we were going to church together. He had a daughter, and I, I begged him not to, but he wouldn't listen to good reason. He named his daughter, are you ready, Precious Love. I'm like, so her first name is Precious? That's cool. Her middle name is Love. Yeah, but we call her Precious Love. I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure about that, but let me tell you what. It's better than this one over here makes me sorrowful. Could you imagine having a house full of kids? And you've, seen, you've heard of people, people name their kids Faith, Hope, 
charity, right? The people, <laughs> people name their kids these, these wonderful names. Um, and, and then could you imagine living in a house full of people? You got this is precious, this is love, faith, hope, charity, blessing. This, this is, this, we got bliss, name something, name of a child, bliss, uh, charity. And, 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 then, and then you come over, then you come over to this one right here. Uh, what's his name? Made me sorry. You got you got to wear that growing up. I mean, because now we have to look up books. We have to look up books to find out what kids' names meant. They named these kids original words in a language they spoke. Everybody knew. Why did your mama name you? You caused her grief and sorrow. Uh, that is just that. That's a tough name to wear for your whole life. Uh, but look, look at verse nine again. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Okay, now, let me, let me say this. Everything in the Bible is true, but everything in the Bible should not be copied. Anybody believe that? Oh, no, Pastor, we got to copy everything in the Bible. Well, Judas went out and hanged himself. That's information. That, that's, that's, that's not day, daily uh, instruction. Um, I'm just, just a tip. If you go through, just because you bear a child in sorrow, don't mean you got to name him uh, Jabez, okay? I've met a Jabez in my life, but there might be one out there. Whatever about her childbirth was not easy, and she decided to hang this moniker on him for the rest of his life. But at, 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 at this point, the Bible says he was more honorable than his brethren. In verse 10, it says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou would bless me indeed, enlarge my coast, and let your hand be with me, and that you, make, and that you keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. So Jabez goes from this difficult birth, say rough. It's a rough place. It's a rough start. And hear me good. A lot of us had rough starts. I don't think very many people in this room were born on the, the right side of the tracks. I don't think we were, uh, who is it, Rick? Uh, who, who sang that song, I Ain't No Senator's Son? Oh, okay, well, look at all y'all. Uh, and, and, and I think most people in this room, the song says something like, I ain't no senator's son, I ain't no fortunate one. I'm thinking, well, you and everybody else in the room. Most of us don't have the pedigree uh, that dude, whether you like him or not, that was on TV forever, Pat Robertson, the 700 Club. If you really want to see a, a, a pedigree, this dude has like six presidents that came out of his family tree. Like 30 senators, over 100 congressmen, mayors and governors. Uh, and, you know, most of us didn't, we weren't born to that kind of crowd. Amen? Well, I was. My father was the head. Okay, whatever. This dude was born in sorrow, and I want you to try to find something to relate to in this message today to get something to take with you. Most of us, even if we were born on the right side of the tracks and had a great upbringing, would it be fair to say that we've run into some rough times in our life? Run into, listen, the good news, and I'm going to jump ahead and give you the punchline because four people are sleeping. The, the good news is you can have a bad start. You can be in a rough place in your life and turn out with a great ending. And I want everybody in this room to have a great ending. 
Jabez started off rough, but he had a great ending. God answered his prayer, and, and we should want that to be true about us. We should want. Listen, it's not that man is singing his praises. God is saying he was more honorable than his brethren. He was a good son to the heavenly father. God saw him as honorable, and I know this for sure. Every father knows which child wants to be the honorable child. And maybe they all do. Hopefully they all do. But some of y'all were, were the honorable child. I, I don't even have to go any further than the house I grew up in. We had one child who was honorable uh, and, and, and the good sheep, and we had the other child who was dishonorable and the black sheep. Y'all pray for Dina. She's coming around. She's trying to make her way to holiness. Jabez came out of where he was, came out of what people, listen, some of y'all's mamas and daddy talk bad, put bad stuff on you as a child. He had to rise above all types of stuff, but here's the point he got to. He got to the place where God said he's honorable, and God was answering his prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you this. You don't even have to raise your hand because you non-hand-raising folks on my nerves, uh, but if you're saved at all, you want God to call you honorable, and you want God to answer your prayer. I am sure about that. Now, now here, here's the good news. I, I want this to be true for me. I want it to be true for us. Here's the good news. Romans 2.11 says there's no respect of persons with God. That, that What that means is God don't do for one what he won't do for the other. God doesn't esteem you awesome and somebody else not awesome for any certain, God looks at everybody the same. The, 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 the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And it, what God said for one goes for everybody. It's like that old song says, it is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. And I want you to know what God did for Jabez thousands of years ago, God can do for you. If you'll do what he did, you can have what he had. And I want you to get your prayers answered. And I want God to call you honorable. A couple of things I want you to see about Jabez. I, I told you he started off bad, but he ended up good. Think about starting off bad. What's, what's the Bible say? We all have done what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have done wrong. Can everybody say amen? amen. Everybody has failed God. Everybody. This is why some people never truly get saved. Some people never truly get excited about God because they don't believe that they really need salvation. See, the Bible says that those who love God the most are the ones who have been forgiven the most. But I want you to gain understanding about that. That doesn't mean that because I lived a, 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 a sinful life and Deacon Scott lived a great Midwestern family values life growing up that one of us loves God more than the other. That's not what it's based on. It took the same amount of salvation to save a clean living Scott Mills as it took to save a dirty living Scott Becker. 
It took the same amount of grace and the same amount of blood of Jesus Christ to cover the sins of people who grew up good and people who grew up bad. So when the Bible says those who uh, love God the most are the ones who've been forgiven the most, I want you to understand this. We have all been forgiven the same amount. We've all been forgiven for, listen, all of it. If you put faith in Christ, you are forgiven all of it. You say, well, some people did more than others. Well, that's just your limited theology at work because the Bible says that if you've broken one of God's laws, you're guilty of breaking all of them. So we all stand as sinners before a holy God. Can you say amen? So, well, what does it mean when it says that the one who loves God the most is the one who's forgiven the most? I'm glad you asked, church person, because I've got the answer. It's about realization. It's about recognition. It's about the one that realizes that they were desperately in need of God. The one who realizes that when God saved them, he didn't have to. The one who realizes that God reached way down into the gutter to get them and set their feet on a solid rock. It's the one who realizes that I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now save, it's the one who realizes that they were lost not just a little lost desperately lost not just a little bad no a low down scum of the earth backbiting whoremonger and sinner on your way to a devil's hell without God's grace salvation and mercy all of us deserve God's wrath but some people think well you know I wasn't as bad as elder Jimmy I think people just pile on you for your last name anyway. He just walks around and introduces himself. Hello, Rich. James Rich. Hello, I am Mr. Rich. I'm like, well, I'm Mr. Big, so what's up? <laughs> but it, people, people, people want to think in their mind, well, I certainly was not as bad as so-and-so. And here's the reality. You don't realize how lost you were. It's the person that lives in the awareness that God had to really reach down to grab them. It's the person that lives in the awareness. Uh, I, I don't like, and if you know me, you, you, you know this. I'm not bad on it. I'm just, I have a preference. You have a preference. I don't like Southern gospel music. It's not my genre, but some of the greatest words to, to songs can't, are, are found in, in those lyrics sometimes. And one group, whatever it was, The Somethings, because every Southern Gospel group is named The Somethings. Uh, look it up. You'll figure it out. And one of the The Something groups, uh, the words were, he came down to my level when I couldn't get up to his. With a strong arm, he lifted me up and showed me what living is. I want to tell you, God paid a debt for us that he didn't know because we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. Are you following me? God did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And the one who really loves God and enjoys their Christianity is the one who keeps it mindful. He didn't have to love me and he didn't have to save me and he's done more for me than I've done for him. The, the one who doesn't realize that, you don't love God very much. You've been, you've been, if you're saved, you've been forgiven for as much as the rest of us have, but you just don't realize it. 
You're trying, you've whitewashed yourself and you think you're better than you are and God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So it's that person who's humble enough to say, I didn't deserve what Jesus did for me on the cross. And that's all of us. So we all started off bad. We've all sinned. And I, I just want to say personally, uh, I, I'm not glad for what the things that I did that were sinful, but I am in retrospect. I don't want any of you to live through it. I don't want my children to live through it, but I'm glad in retrospect for the years that I spent in the gutter learning out about how bad this world really is because I am so thankful that God saved me from myself, that situation, and all the crazy people I was surrounded by. It, it gives me an appreciation for God. Jabez started off bad, but he finished good. And that can happen to us too. I want to get into the teaching on, on this, uh, this book, the prayer of Jabez that comes right out of this verse. But I want to teach this verse, not that book, and see the truth of God's word. Because I've told you for years, if you'll do what others did, you can have what they had. Jabez got his prayers answered. And some of y'all couldn't tell me when the last time you got your prayers answered. If I went around the room, if I just started in the back and, and, and with Shannon and went all the way and I came to you and I said, tell me the last prayer that God answered for you specifically. Some of you would have a list of them. Some of you would be like, mm, well, he got me up this morning. Okay, you ought to give thanks to God every day for getting you up this morning, but was, has that really been a big topic of prayer concern for you lately? you just been agonizing in prayer over God waking you up in the morning? I'm talking about specific answered prayer. Many people wouldn't have any because they don't pray enough, but I want God to answer your prayer. For that to happen, you're going to have to start praying more. Say pray. And when you pray, and all of us that do pray, we can tell you, some people try to church it up and say, well, you know, God answers all prayers. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says, wait. Right, look, even, even, my, even my kids knew when they were young. If they asked dad for something and dad says, here, here, I'm going to just out myself. I'll let y'all catch me. So the next time you ask me this, you know, for, for some ministry that you want something done, uh, when, when I say, let me think about that. <laughs> That's dad speak for nah. Actually, it's dad speak for it might happen, but it ain't going to happen right now. Um, listen, I want you to get to the place where when you pray, God doesn't say no. God doesn't say wait. God doesn't say let me think about it. God doesn't put you on hold. How cool would it be if God started answering your prayers? Two people believe it. Let me tell you why it's cool for God to answer your prayers. Not so you can say check me out. God answered my prayers. But so you can tell people God is so awesome. He stands for his word. He, he stands on his word. He never disappoints. When you do what he says to do, he always does what he says he will do. So here, here's the deal. I've been telling you for years, look for the phrase if and then in the Bible. If you do this, then God will do that. That sets up what is called by theologians conditional promises. If you do this, then God will do that. And I've told you for years, when, when you see the if, look for the then. See what you have to do and see what God says he will do and understand this by faith. When we do the if, God always does the then. 
God said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Well, why hasn't God heard from heaven, forgiven our sins, and healed our land? It's not because God is short on fulfilling his promises. We've got to do the what? The if. we got to do the if, and then God will do the then. I want you to get it in your mind that the majority of God's promises are conditional. Listen, you writing on your eye black Philippians, Phil 1, 13. It's so, so funny. When Tebow came out doing that, they had people asking, who is Phil? <laughs> Philippians, listen, you can't quote. That ain't the verse. What is that verse? Philippians 4, 13. What? Uh, when, when you start writing Bible verses on your doormat and on your door knocker and claiming those verses, let me tell you something. Writing them down on a T-shirt don't mean you can access them. Can you do all things? And now, here's the thing. Don't answer that loud because you, you're going to be wrong if you go with your gut. Can you do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Church folk would say, yes, I'm here to tell you you cannot. That is not a universal promise to every human being on the planet. The Apostle Paul said he could do everything through Christ who gave him strength because the Apostle Paul was walking in the ways of the Lord. You wear a T-shirt that says, I can do all things through Christ, while you're whoremongering, not paying attention to worshiping God, loving God, living for God, act right, be right, do right, give right, serve right, and love right. You can put that on a T-shirt all you want to. It ain't going to work for ya. Why not? Because you got to do what others did to get what they got. you got to do the if to get to the them. You can't just say these words like magic dust and get what Jabez got, but if you do the right thing, you'll get the right result. Let's, let's look at what the word says. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, comma. Always pay attention to the punctuation. When, when you see a comma, that's cause for pause. Slow your reading down and try to understand it. It would be better for you to read one verse of Scripture a day, understand it and apply it, than read a whole chapter, five chapters, ten chapters a day. Understand it, dissect it, chew on it, get it down in your spirit. Jabez called on the God of Israel. I wonder if we went around the room right now and, and we, we got the ding sound, like on a game show. You get the right answer, ding. You get the wrong answer, anybody know what that sound's coming? <laughs> okay, so if, if, I, if I just went around the room and, and Carmelita called on the God of Israel. Ding! Now, I'm, I'm talking about in the last day. Where are we, where, where, where we going? Then, then we come up to Nancy, and Nancy called on the God of Israel. Ding! Jimmy's like, oh, I know she's getting a ding, but I'm probably getting, uh, even if he's getting an eh, he, he knows she, because she got her regular routine quiet time down. But when I got to you, can you put your name into this scripture have you, do you, call on the name of the Lord? Now, if you learn about words, you see that Jabez called on the Lord. This is, a, this, this is in the aorist tense, 
it is a verb in the aorist tense in the original Hebrew. It's something that happened in time past, but it's continuously happening still to, uh, in the present. It's not just that he did it once. This was his pattern. Say pattern. If you want to get in, in on these promises, then you're going to have to get in on them biblically. Are, are, are you calling on God? Are you praying? Have you prayed? Are you praying? And are you going to keep praying? If you are, then, then hold on tight because we're going somewhere. He called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. That's number one. Say number one. There's four things I want you to see, four parts of this prayer that I want you to see. He asked God to bless him. Not just to bless him, but to bless him indeed. He said, here's what he's saying in 2021, modern speak. God, I just want you to bless my socks off. I want you to bless me so big that, that there'd be no denying who did it. I want you to bless me in such a way that the whole world will know I'm blessed. Now, here's the reality. The Christian mindset wants to be blessed so the whole world will know that they're blessed so they can point the finger to God and say, my God is the one blessing me. I'm, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm able. It's because God is faithful. Okay, so he said, would you, I, I want you to bless me, God, indeed. This means bless me, God, in a big way. In Genesis 32, 26, we read the story about Jacob wrestling with God, and he told God, I'm not going to let you go until you what? Bless me. When, when did you stop leaning on God and leaning into God through prayer and asking him to bless me? And I've had some people say, well, you know, Pastor, I just really typically pray for others more than I pray for myself. And that's awesome, and I believe there's, there's truth in that. And, and I've, I've, I've been that way at times in my life as well. But I want to tell you something. This is the first thing on the list. This is the first thing this honorable man prayed for. This is the first thing this brother that got his prayers answered prayed for. What did he pray for? Big blessing. Look at somebody and say, big blessing. I want you to elevate your mindset of who God is, what God has, how willing he is. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your heavenly father give good things to those who would just ask? The, the God of the Bible is the God who said that he's able to do abundant, exceeding above all that we ask or think. I want you to up. Your mindset, get your mindset up. Understand, God owns everything. Understand, God not only is able to bless you, but he wants to bless you. Jesus said it's his desire to give you the kingdom. God wants to bless you and give you all kinds of stuff. The reason why we don't have more than we have is not because the devil stole it from us. It's not because some, somebody interfered with my blessing. It's because God don't want us to have it right now for whatever reason. Either because we violated our right to it or we're not ready for it or God knows we would do something bad with it. But we need to get in a place where we have the faith that says the one who can bless me is God. This is what I want you to understand. The one who can bless you is God. And if you will begin to lean in on God in prayer, then you can get down this track with Scripture. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. James says you have not because you ask not. Listen to me, and I'm going to move on. Hear this good. We must ask. Say it with me. We must ask. Say it again. We must 
ask. I got kids in my house. They do not fail to ask. They were raised in this church under my preaching, and they have heard so many times, ask and you shall receive. We have not because we ask not. My kids ask me all the time, wild randoms, hey, Dad, can I stay home? I don't know if she's still letting kids do this, Marvin. Get your wife's mind together. Uh, She's she been letting kids say she let those those two kids uh, uh, that, that you, you, you raising up, let them have mental health days. They'll be like, Mom, can I have a mental health day? Listen, nine-year-old, you ain't been through enough. What, what I'm saying? I'm going to stay home. To, and she was like, I'm going to let my children stay home today for a mental health day. What they just, well, here's what I'm going to say. Good on them. They ask and they what? They received. My, my kids are like, hey, Dad, think we could just take the next five days off from school and go to Disney World? Yeah, let's do that. And, and listen, if you ever start asking God and he say yes to you, you're going to ask him and ask him and ask him. and ask. If you ever start asking God and you realize that he is the God who's able to do more than you even ask for, you're going to realize, I have found the source. And the source is God. God is not a genie in a bottle. You don't get three wishes with God. You get, you get unlimited opportunity to ask, but let me tell you something. Realize he's a father. Realize he's serious about his kingdom. Realize he's serious about his children. And uh, now my kids will ask me for wild, crazy, random stuff. My, my kids will ask, ask me, we just have come back from a shopping spree. Three days later, they'll see something on it. Hey, Dad. You think you can put $200 on my debit card so I can go online and get, get, get these jeans? I said, what do they look like? Oh, they're black and they got holes in them. I said, don't you have 37 pair of black jeans with holes in them? Uh, okay, now go ahead and get them. For real? Yeah, for real. They, they've understood ask and, and receive. But know this, as a father, I know if, if there's dirty dishes in the sink, this ain't time to come asking me for no $100 for a pair of blue jeans. This ain't time to come ask me for $20 for a pair of blue jeans. If, if, if the trash didn't get, t- if the trash can't still sitting outside at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday and you've been home for an hour and you let you walk past that trash and came in my house and sat down in my air conditioning, you can't ask me for nothing. <laughs> hey, Dad, do you think, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think you walked past that trash can that came in the house and in, in my refrigerator. You say, is it really like that? Listen, ask, ask, ask either one of my kids. They, J- Jake's in the Marines right now, boot camp. His recruiter is putting him through a series of, of questions, and they're like, well, you know, a lot of kids have a really difficult time with boot camp because they're going to tell you no, and they're going to, you're not going to have your way all the time. How do you think you'll adjust to that? He looked at me, and he's like, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're, they're, they, they might even tell you to shut up and sit down, uh, uh, how will you be with that? He looked at me. He said, I think I'll be okay. This dude kept asking questions like that. And I finally told him, and this is God's heaven truth. I told this dude this, uh, Sergeant Leon, at, at the recruiting station uh, where the old St. John's Rocking Chair Theater used to be on 17. He kept asking these silly questions. I said, let me, just, let me just help you through this interview process. You could ask my son, has he ever slammed the door to his bedroom? And he would have the, let, let me tell you the answer he, you would get from him. 
he can't slam his door to his bedroom because he don't own any doors in my house. He don't own a bedroom. He, don't, he never slept in his own bed because he don't own a bed. He don't wear his clothes to school because he don't own no clothes. And he don't even brush his teeth with his toothbrush because he don't own the toothbrush. I'll just go to my room. Oh, no. <laughs> when did you buy a room? What mortgage you got? Where's your deed? I tell you like Medea told that household. You ain't got no title or no deed. Let me keep moving. Y'all are going to lose your mind. My children know if they are going to get something inside our home, they know who to ask. They don't go to the neighbor and ask, can they get money for, for new shoes? They come to their father. They, they, don't, they don't go to their buddies and ask they come to their father. We got to get it in our mind that God is able, but he's also watching. Got to live right, act right, be right, do right, serve right. Because common sense will say, you don't even want to ask if you're shady. Not the time. Not, you, don't, you don't ask when you didn't clean up your room, when you were to, you go clean the room up, and then you walk in. Hey, Dad, clean my room up. Well, we ain't throwing you no parade, boy. I told you yesterday to clean your room up. All the dishes are clean. Oh, you clean the dishes? Yes, sir. All my homework's done. I'm on the honor roll. You can check it on the website. Get to it, boy. I'm busy. What do you want? Cash money? Internet money? What, what do you got? What do you you got to get yourself. Listen, if you don't hear anything, hear this. Get under the spout where the glory comes out. Get yourself in a blessable position. Get that dirt off your lifestyle. Get that shadiness off your character. And get in a position where you can talk to the Father. Jabez was a praying man. He prayed to the right person. And he ended up getting what he had. He said, God, I'm going to pray that you would bless me indeed. First thing I want you to do, and I want you to start doing this fourfold process, not as a magic formula, but as a biblical pattern. Say pattern. I want you to follow this biblical pattern. I want you to start asking God every day, God, please bless me. Bless me in a big way, God. Bless my socks off. Bless me so I'll have to brag on you. Bless me so I'll have to tell all my friends, family. Hey, God, bless me in front of my haters. What, what, what did David say? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Listen, that's big time. And, and Jabez understood it. He, he knew God, and he knew, listen, it's okay to ask your father to bless you if he knows you love him. Start asking God to bless you. Second thing he said, put verse 10 back on the screen for me. He said, oh, that thou would bless me indeed. He wasn't trying to get blessing through education. There's nothing wrong with education. He wasn't trying to get blessing through hard work. Nothing wrong with hard work. He wasn't trying to get blessing through hook a brother up. Ain't nothing wrong with a hook up. But he knew that the big blessing comes from God, and you need to get that in your mind. Then he went to number two, and he said, enlarge my coast. Now, I want you to start praying to God to enlarge my coast. But if you use those three words and you don't understand what they mean, then it's just going to be silly because we don't really uh, have coasts anymore. In the Old Testament, God talked a lot about enlarging people's coasts, enlarging their 
territory. In that day and time, it was an agricultural society, and most people, farmers and ranchers, owned some kind of land or lived with somebody that owned some kind of land. And Jabez is saying, God, I want more. I want more. I want bigger. I want, I want more. So he's talking about an increase in what he has because God wants to enlarge your coast. God, but, but more than your coast, more than your stuff, more than your land, more than your territory. The thing that God, people talk about God will stretch out your boundaries. The thing God wants to stretch out more than anything is you. God wants to enlarge you so you have more influence. God wants to stretch you out so you have more presence, so people will see you. God wants people to see your good work so they can glorify your Father, which is in heaven. God wants to stretch us out. God wants to cause, listen, growth inside of us. Now, if you ever talk to a kid who's going through a growth spurt, they'll tell you they have growing what? Pains. There are pains to growth. There, 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 there is difficulty, obstacles to growth. But God wants to grow you. And I want you to start praying. I want you to start asking God to bless you in a big way and to grow you, to make you bigger, to bless your business, to bless the business you work for, to bless the city you live in, to make your community better. Ask God to enlarge your territory. Ask God God, help me grow. Stretch me out, God. Stretch. Listen, I too many people concerned about, well, you be, pray, pray for sister so-and-so. You know, she takes on so much, she's going to burn out. I, I tell you what the old pastor used to say. I'd rather burn out than rust out. Some of y'all ain't doing enough to burn out. You're just rusting on the bench. Start letting God stretch you. Ask God to bless you, and then ask God to grow you. Third thing he said is that thine hand might be with me. Uh, we, we need to walk with God hand in hand. We, we need to feel and be connected to his power. And, and here's the thing. That can't happen as long as you have this, I got this mindset. Now, there's some good ghettoisms, but there's some bad ones too. And nowhere in Scripture does God want you to have a, I got this. I'm going to do me. I got to keep it real. I'm, keep, I'm staying 100. Now, listen, I don't take any theology from Chris Rock, but he has said some memorable things. And I heard him say one time, he said, yeah, all them people out there talking about, I got to keep it real. Yeah, you're keeping it real stupid. Listen, there are some things that you need to alienate from your life. Stop thinking that you need to have this. Stop thinking you need, you need to keep it real and realize you need the hand of God on your life. You need to be connected to the God of all heaven. You need to be walking in harmony and unity step by step in step with the God who created the world. You need to be walking at his pace. You need to be walking in his direction. You need to be walking with him every step of your journey. He said that thy hand might be with me. I told you for years, the way I walked with my kids when they were little, I didn't grab them by their hand. Because, you know, little sweaty hand kid at Disney World, that can slip out. I grabbed them above their wrist. They felt my hand on their forearm. Because if they tried to pull away, ah, there's a hand catching 
that if if one of if I'm walking fast and they can't keep up, guess what? I pick them up. I don't know how many of y'all. Here's the trick. You they were walking. To, pick them up. Drag them here. Let them feet drag. Pick them up. Drag them here. They're walking at my pace. If they stumble and they fall, they don't hit the ground. Why? Because my hand is with them. You need the protecting hand of God. You need the guiding hand of God. You need the powerful hand of God. You need the blessing hand of God. All through the Bible, the, the Scripture says stuff like, and the good hand of the Lord was with so-and-so. I want to tell you something. When you're walking hand-in-hand with God, you're never going to end up in the wrong place. But when you let go of God's hand, you end up in the wrong spot. You end up walking in the wrong direction. Nehemiah said the good hand of the Lord was upon him, and that's what we need. But the way for God's hand, people are like, oh, I want God to oh, touch me. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Listen, people, you want to be touched by God? Reach up and grab his hand. He said, draw close to me, and I'll draw close to you. God said that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Reach up. People ask, why do we lift our hands? I don't have time to preach all that to you. There's a lot of reasons why God wants you to lift his hands. One of them is because you just want to reach up and touch him. You, you want to see, you want him to see you seeing him. You, you got to reach up and grab the hand of God. When you pray, I want you to pray, God, I want you to bless me in a big way so the whole world will know you're real. God, I want you to give me more stuff so I can bless you with more of it. I want you to strengthen me, enlarge my territory, bless everything I have so I can give more to you. God, I want your hand to be on my life. God, I want you to protect me with that hand. I want you to guide me with that hand. I want you to direct me with that hand. Control my pace. Control my steps. Guard my steps and and let me walk with you. And then the fourth thing he said, and, what's and mean? There's more. And that thou would keep me from evil. Why? That it may not grieve me. So he said, God, I want you to bless me big. God, I want you to give me more stuff, stretch me out, increase me, God. Uh, God, I want your hand to be with me. And God, I want you to keep me from evil. And, and so many people say, you know, well, I'm not hurting anybody by what I do. I do that in the privacy of my own home. That's just between me and the Lord. That is between you and the Lord. But I'm going to tell you what evil does. It causes grief. It causes grief. It, it, it grieves you and it grieves God. The Bible says we can grieve the Spirit of God by wrong living. And listen, there's a trickle-down effect on, on your sin. If, if you don't believe that, read the Bible and find out what happened to Achan and the people of God. When you sin, it affects people around you, and it creates grief. And you need to pray as God is blessing you, stretching you, enlarging you, as, as, as he's guiding you in his hand of blessing and protection is on you. You need to pray, God, keep me. From messing up. Yes, amen. Because it is going to cause grief. It's going to cause, I'm going to tell you something. Every married person in this room, hear me good. Right now, you're one bad decision away from divorce, scandal, ridicule, and people mocking your God. Every single person in the room, let, let me say this to you. You are one bad decision away from an incurable sex disease that, that is just going to ruin the rest of your life. Every person in the room, married or single, young or old, you are just one bad 
decision away from making a mockery of everything that you truly believe and hold on to. Sin brings grief. Sin brings grief. we got to get our mind right about wrong behavior because there is pleasure in sin, the Bible says, for a time being. There's pleasure in people like, well, I never really had fun till I got saved. I'm like, what planet did you live on? Man, we were partying like it was 1999 and 1979 before Prince was on the scene. We didn't need purple rain. We had purple haze all, all up in our brain. We Listen, we, there was, it's all kinds of fun and sin for a little bit. But there's a price. There's a price to be paid. And you need to be smarter than the fish in the pond. The fish in the pond... They, they see that little shiny thing. Ooh, it's moving. It's, it's just flickering in front of them, and, and it look, ooh, it's got food on it. I think I, I think I like that. I want to take a bite of that. But what the fish doesn't realize until it's too late, ouch, there's a hook in that. And now I got real problems because now I'm flopping around inside this boat and I can't breathe. There's always a hook in every evil behavior. There's always a hook in sin. And you need to ask God to keep you from evil so it will not grieve you. I thank God for people who love me through every uh, sinful action that I've made. I thank God for, for a church that didn't throw the preacher away every time they thought he needed to be thrown away. I thank God for, for friends that love me because I'm going to tell you something. Pastoring is no joke. And I tell pastors everywhere I go, you're one bad decision away from messing up your whole city and your whole ministry because they will throw you out. I was, I was over at Nana and Papa's house last night, Gail's mom and dad. Uh, we were celebrating uh, a birthday and eating together, and they were talking about this Christian comedian. Dude just got found out molesting a bunch of people, uh, whoremongering, fornicating. You gotta, he's, listen, this is the number one Christian comedian on YouTube. The funniest dude on YouTube talking about Jesus. Uh, more views than anybody. And they, they call, it was a couple years ago, they called him uh, drinking problem, whoremongering problem. And, uh, and, and, and one, one, one of the people that, that was at the table said, I don't care about all that. He's funny, and he brags on Jesus, and I love him. I thought, see, that's, that's the grace on a comedian's life, because if your pastor did all that, you'd be the first one putting a foot in his back and saying, get him out and get a new guy in. Listen, sin causes grief. Repent before it hits the fan. You ain't, you ain't all the way in grief. You ain't been all the way discovered out. You ain't, you ain't all, all the way ruined your whole life. Da David said, I was almost completely destroyed in the presence of the congregation. Listen, get, it, get, get, it, get into God and out of that almost. Sin causes grief. And, and here, here's the thing. The last sentence, come on, Judy. The last sentence says, and God, all this other stuff Jabez is doing. Here in the end, we get God doing something. And God granted him that which he requested. Get out of this bad theology of declaring and decreeing. I declare and I decree five new Cadillacs just for me. I declare and I decree decree. Health and prosperity. Get out of declaring and decreeing. Hear me good. That don't work. If it worked, 
the preachers preaching it would not be standing on TV every week saying, we're just about to get shut down and be thrown off the air forever. If we don't have tithes come in this week, if we can't just raise $3 million by midnight tonight, our television broadcast is going to be canceled forever. Uh, well, if they preach, I declare and I decree, why don't you get up off of me? You keep your money and let me be me. I mean, if you just want to just say stuff that rhymes because you, listen, that indicates even in your own mind that you have power. Oh, I'm going to speak to my mountain. Okay. I'm going to pray and ask God to deal with my mountain. Oh, I'm going to declare. Really? I'm going to humbly ask. Let's see who gets further. But here God does something not based on magic words and magic spells, declarations and decree. God granted Jabez that which he didn't grant him something different than what he asked for. He granted him what he asked for. The same God that did this for Jabez will do this for you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for one, he will do for you. If you'll begin to talk to God about these four different things. Now, you got to live right. First and foremost, you got to be saved. If you're here and you're not saved, you're only one prayer away from real salvation. The Bible says that if you'll search for God with your whole heart, He'll save you. Some of you have walked aisles, prayed prayers, uh, tried try, think, think that you got saved two, three, four, five times, and it, and it still isn't right in your spirit. Listen, you got to search for Him with your whole heart. And if you ever get saved for real, you'll quit walking aisles, you'll quit getting baptized, you'll, you'll quit asking people about doubts for your salvation. I have no doubt in my mind that the aisle I walked in, the prayer that I prayed when I was in elementary school was not real salvation. And I have no doubt in my mind that when I got down on my knees at 6956 Malden Lane, Jacksonville, Florida, 32244 off of Jamie's, uh, right off Blandy Boulevard, a side connector to Jamie's Road, that God saved me on July 15, 1981. I don't have a doubt about it. I want you to get real salvation because if you don't have real salvation, God is not dealing with you in that aspect of all this stuff. God wants to get your attention for salvation. If you are saved, great news for you today. If you are saved and you're not doing everything that God wants you to do, listen. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, is he talking about me? How does he know I'm not doing everything God wants me to do? Did somebody tell him? Did, 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 uh, oh, oh, I wonder who I told. Maybe they told so-and-so who told two friends and they told two friends. And, and they, no. None of us are doing everything God wants us to do. All of us fall short. All of us need to be who God wants us to be at a higher level. He said that he wants to take us from glory to glory, one level of his glory to the next level. And if you're here and you're saved, no matter how close or how far away you are from God right now, just like I told the unsaved person, I tell you, you're only one prayer away from being perfectly right with God. If you'll ask God to forgive you of your sins, he said he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So get yourself saved, get yourself cleaned up, and then start reading your Bible, saying your prayers, making good choices, live right, be right, act right, do right, pay the tithe, give the offering, love God, love people. All that doesn't go away. But when you're doing all that you know to do to be who God has called you to be, then you can get to these four things. Number one, Ask God to bless me. I just want you to say it out loud. Please bless me. Say it again. Please bless me. 
I want you to start asking God to bless you, not for selfish reasons, but so you can glorify Him. Not for selfish reasons, but so you can brag on Him. Not for selfish reasons, but so your family will know that the God you serve is the true and living God. I want you to start asking God to bless you. And then I want you to start asking God to make to, 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 to bless your stuff, His coast. Enlarge my coast. Give, give me more stuff. I want you to start asking God to bless your stuff. I, I've been riding around in my Lincoln Navigator this week. Man, I, I love that Lincoln. That Lincoln Navigator's got about 250,000 miles on it. It's a 2007. Uh, it, and listen, here's the great news. It still cranks every time I turn the key. That big beast is still rolling. I want to tell you something. You start living right, serving right, and loving right, your stuff will last longer. Your stuff will last longer, and, and, and you'll enjoy it more. But you need to start asking God, God, in, 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 increase me. Give me more influence, God. Stretch me out. Give me more uh, access to talk to people for you. Make me bigger, God, in this community. And then he said, ask, ask God's hand to be with you. I want you to start asking God, God, let your hand be on my life. Because if God's got a hold of you, you're not going to fall and stumble. If God's got a hold of you, you're not going to walk in the wrong direction. If God's got a hold of you, you're not going to do you some you. You're going to be going where he goes. Some, some of you don't get what, what the songwriter got when he said, and he walks with me. And talks with me. He tells me I'm his own. If you want to walk with God, you got to be holding on to him. Reach out, grab hold of God, and ask God every day, God, I want to feel your presence in my life. I, 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 want, I want to hold on to you. Paul said, I, 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 I want to know him. I, I want closeness to him. I, I, want, I, I, I want to feel his touch. Everybody talking in today's church world about anointing, anointing, anointing in favor, anointing in favor. That's selfish, greedyisms being preached by con men and women that want money. Listen, let me tell you, I've told you before, anointing, real anointing, it means to rub up against and be smeared upon. I'm going to tell you right now, if you, rubbed up, if you rubbed your hand on the back of my shirt right now, those of y'all that have hugged me after I preach, you, you know you're going to get you a wet hand. You, I, my, my favorite example, Kevin Garnett. When Kevin Garnett played basketball, uh, if you just brushed up against Kevin Garnett, you got anointed. This brother looked like he had a water hose connected to the back of his head. When he looked down, it just he was a sweating machine. And if, if, if you gave him even just a side chest bump, you were anointed. Why? Because you touched him and some of him got rubbed on you. I want you to learn how to truly get anointed by God. You got to get to where he is. You got to grab hold of him. You, you, listen, some of y'all know, you, you hug Sister Maybelline, who's wearing too much of that bad perfume. That's got to go to the dry cleaner. This smells like Miss Maybelline's perfume. Listen, she anointed you. Why? Because you brushed up against her and something got, I want you to brush up against God and I want you to walk away smelling like the Lord. I want you to have the aroma of God on your life. You need to ask God, God, just, just let me have your hand on my life. I want your hand to be on me, God. I want you to be able to 
when, I'm, I'm going to tell you, and we're going to get out of here. I know it's late, but you need to understand that, that, that these things are for real and they are for you. So, some of y'all been through the loss of a loved one. Some of y'all have been through the, the loss. I have a couch uh, in, in my living room, and that couch is old. Uh, and that, that couch could have easily been replaced. And I've got the money to replace that couch. I just won't replace that couch ever because that's the last place in my home that Gail sat. And my kids, they know how sentimental I am. And, and Jake told me one day, he said, Dad, and this when he was little, he said, Dad, I'm not big enough to carry all this furniture out, and I can't grab that whole couch, but I know that's the end of the couch mom sat on. And if the house is burning down and you're not home, I'm going to grab the sleeve off that end of the couch because I know you want it because that's where she laid her head. See, her anointing is on that couch because she rubbed up against it and left some of her on it. I want to ask you this right now. If, 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 if NCIS did a DNA test on you, is the DNA of God all over you? Is the DNA, are you rubbing up against God? Are you grabbing hold of God every day and saying, saying to God, I just need to feel your presence. I just want to be where you are. Touch his hand so that you can still smell the presence of God on your life you to pray and ask God, God, let your hand be on my life. Guide me, hold me. Hold on to me, God. And then ask God every day if he'd keep you from evil. I'm going to tell you what, it's hard to go wrong when you're asking God to hold your hand and keep you from evil. Because you ain't walk God into your, into, your, into your foolishness. And if you ever understand how much grief sin really causes you, you're going to back away from it. These four things. God granted him his request I want God to grant your request today is the last day of our fast we've asked God for so much over the last 21 days and some people are going to get what they ask and some people are not going to get what they ask Jabez got what he asked because he asked the right person the right thing you, 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 you shouldn't go to McDonald's and ask for a Whopper they can't give it to you no matter how much they like you you can't go to Burger King and ask for a Big Mac. You can, but they won't give it to you. You got to ask the right person for the right thing. See, they want to give you a Whopper. At, uh, they they want to sell you a Whopper at Burger King. And God wants to give you everything you ask for. But you got to ask the right person. You got to ask the right way. God is the right person, and this is the right way. I want you to start asking God every day to bless you, to increase you, to keep his hand on your life keep you away from evil because that's going to give you a better quality of life and you're going to have more answered prayer and then when we come together and say who wants to brag on God who wants to give a testimony to God we're going to have hands up all over the room I pray God and save my sister and God did I pray God I pray God and give me the right job and he and this is how we give honor to God by bragging on the great things that he has done I hope you know that God has done great things we need to get ourselves in a blessable position. This can get you there. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Teach us, God, to pray right. Teach us to live right. Teach us to do the things you've commanded us to do so we can have the blessings that you desire to give us. 
God, I thank you for each person who's here today, and I pray that you would bless them, Father. I pray for each person in this room that is not saved. I pray that you'd reveal your love to them in a real way and save them. God, I thank you for each person who is saved. I pray that you'd fill us with your spirit and help us to love you more than we ever have. You are a good, good God, and we love you. You're the only true and the only living God. There is no one like you. There's no one besides you. You are God alone, and we thank you, God, for revealing yourself to us, and we ask that you'd use us to reveal your goodness to the world. Father, I ask you to bless this church, bless this community, and let the world know that you are the true and the living God. Thank you, God, for all that you've done for us and for all that you're going to do. We thank you now by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.